That's great. Well, I still remember the commercial and how impressed I was by it. I was about your age. It was for a product that I won't name, but it rhymes with MoxyClean. <laughs> and as I watched the demonstrations of those stained t-shirts being put in that clear container of water and then the product dumped in and the stains evaporating, I was amazed. And I thought, this is what we have to have because this will solve our laundry issues that we may have. I, I wasn't thinking much about laundry as a kid, but I was impressed by that commercial. So wouldn't you know it, at, uh, sometime later we, we bought some of this product. And I was confused because when we tried to use it on things, it just didn't work nearly as well as it worked on TV. There wasn't just one simple solution or one formula that would take away all of our problems. And sometimes that's what we hope for in our lives. We hope just to give me a simple formula, three steps, and everything is going to be perfect after that. We're talking just briefly about devotions. We, we've talked the last few weeks about growing in our spiritual lives. And I said today I'd share a few helpful suggestions for devotions on how to make devotions more meaningful. So I just start with the, the caution that this is not, there's no formula for instant spirituality. Uh, and so the things that I share today, they may be a blessing for you, or maybe there will be other things that will be a blessing for you. So I just invite you to listen and consider, and hopefully there'll be something that if you apply it, will help make your time with God more meaningful. I'd like to start by going to Mark chapter 1, verse 35. If anybody had a good devotional life, it was Jesus himself. Would you agree? Yeah. Hard to get any better than that. Mark 1, verse 35. Mark 1.35, it says, now in the what time? Early. Yeah, exactly. Early or in the morning, having risen long before daylight, great while before dawn. So we're talking early here, right? Okay. What did he do? He went out and departed to what kind of a place? A solitary, a secluded place, and there he prayed. The first thing that we can learn about devotions and how to make it meaningful is Jesus had a time, and it will help us if we have a time. Uh, for some, that may be early, a great while before dawn. For others, it may be a different time of the day. I think about Daniel. Daniel, in Daniel 6, verse 10, it tells us that he had three times a day that he devoted to prayer. Daniel had a time. Jesus had a time. David, in Psalm 55, verse 17, he says, Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out to you. Now, why does he mention evening first? That's right. From the, the Hebrew mindset, from a biblical standpoint, the day starts at evening. So we celebrate Sabbath beginning Friday night on through Saturday night. So David said, at the start of my day, when the sun goes down, I'm starting it with you by prayer. 
And in the morning when I wake up, I'm starting in prayer. And in the afternoon, I'm praying to you. David had a time. Jesus had a time. Daniel had a time. Do you have a time? Do you have multiple times? If you don't plan it, it's hard to make it happen. So to have meaning, number one, you need to make time for it. Um, you need to find a time. Jesus also, as we saw in the verse, had a place. Where was the place that Jesus chose to spend time with the Lord? A secluded place, a solitary place. And for those of you that have a lot of people in your house, you can especially appreciate how special time to yourself in a place by yourself can be. Exactly. You get it too, Jaden. So this may be more difficult for some than others, but I find it's easier if I can have a place where I can be by myself. Uh, some of you might find that you can be by yourself in a crowd better, and, and that's fine, whatever works for you. But Jesus had a place. In fact, Daniel had a place. Where was Daniel's place? Exactly, in front of his window. And that's why he was caught having devotions and thrown to the lions, but God miraculously delivered him. Daniel had a place along with Jesus. Um, so it's good to have a place. In fact, mentally, if you can have a place that is unique to that activity, it will help you even more. For example, if you do your devotions laying on your bed, you're risking falling asleep because when you go on your bed, you're thinking about, your body is like, oh, this is the place where I sleep. Um, and it's, there's nothing wrong with praying and, and reading on your bed, but you might find that there's a special chair in your house or a special part on the couch where that can be your special spot with God. My dad used to go for prayer walks in the morning and he had a spot near a big haystack. It was really a straw stack. Uh, but it was a big hay, a straw stack and he had a little bag that he would kneel on and that was his spot where he was secluded and by himself. So you want to have a time, you want to have a place, and you also want to have a plan. Sometimes we approach devotions and we say, okay God, what's it going to be? And I pointed to a blank section on this page. Have you, have, I won't ask for a raising. A, I've done stuff like this before. God, I need a word from you. Speak to me. And what do you know? I pointed to the middle margin where there's nothing again, right? And I've shared the story about the guy who said, God, speak to me. I want to hear your voice. What do you want to say to me? And he opened up his Bible and he read, and Judas went out and hung himself. And he thought, that can't be. He flipped to another passage and it said, go and do likewise. No. And then he flipped one more time. God, I'm really serious. What are you wanting to say to me? And it said, whatever thou doest, do quickly. Right? So that was not the voice of the Lord speaking to him. Amen? God won't tell you to do that. So it's good to have a plan. Uh, and a plan could be as simple as every morning I'm going to get up or afternoon or evening and I'm going to read through this particular book of the Bible. And maybe you're going to read a chapter that day. Maybe if you're in Proverbs, you're just going to read a couple of verses because they're so powerful and you're going to think about it all day long. Um, or maybe you're going to be listening to the Bible on audio. But you want to have a plan. You want to have a plan. And I like devotional books. They're good, 
but nothing should replace time with God's Word directly. But I like devotional books too because they help point me back to God's Word and illuminate my mind. So you want to have a plan. Jesus' plan was to go out and pray. You know, they didn't have iPhones and he didn't have access to carry a whole bunch of scrolls out with him. But man, he spent quality time um, talking to his father. But you know, also, there's evidence that he spent a lot of time in the scrolls themselves. Um, it says in um, the Gospels that Jesus found the place in his first public sermon. It says it found the spot in Isaiah where it is written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and has given me this message of deliverance for those that are oppressed. What's interesting about that phrase is it says he found the place where it is written. And in those scrolls, there were no chapter dividers, there were no verse pointings, there were no big spaces in between things. Things were all just put together. And so Jesus had to have time because the, the scroll of Isaiah, that's 60 chapters, it's a very long scroll. My friend asked the rabbi, how long is that scroll? And it was a very, very long, it was like 20 or 30 feet long, the one that that particular rabbi had. So when it says that Jesus found the spot, he was acquainted with the physical word of God. He'd spent time in it. So you want to have a plan. You want to have a time, and you also want to have a place. But if you want meaning uh, and meaningful devotions, you want to seek understanding. Have you ever opened up to read something and thought, what in the world is that trying to say to me? God, I do not understand this at all. So you could start your devotions in a section that you don't understand, but I recommend starting in a passage that's easier to understand because you're going to get more out of it naturally. So a lot of people, they like to start, if they're just new to reading the Bible or they're wanting to start something up, they might start in the Gospel of John. I don't say that just because it's my name. I say it because it's a really good book. Simple, easy to understand, and it gets you thinking on the words of Jesus and the life of Jesus. Other people love to go to the Psalms. How many chapters are in Psalms? 100 something? Yeah, there's 150 of them. So you could read one Psalm a day, and that would take you about three months. Um, you could read more than that. You could read less than that. Uh, or Proverbs. How many chapters in Proverbs? 31. Some people like to read a chapter of Proverbs a day, and that takes you through a whole month. Others of you will find that you get into Proverbs, oh, there's just so much to think about, and you need to take smaller bites, but really think about it. Um, I found that it's better for me to read fewer verses and have more quality reflection and thinking and praying than if I read 10 chapters and I get very little out of it. Sometimes we get inspired, we want to read the Bible through in a year which is a great thing to do, but a lot of people, they do it by starting off in Genesis, and then they go to Exodus, and then we get to the instructions of building the, the sanctuary, and they're wonderful, but then we start to lose understanding, and if you get to Leviticus, then you give up, right? Now, these are wonderful books, and, and maybe we should do a sermon series from, from these books, but... I find it much better if you're going to read the Bible through in a year. There are plans where you can read from the Old Testament, the New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs every single day. So it gets you in the Old Testament. It gets you thinking about what happened then. It gets you thinking about the life of Jesus. And then you get to read in Psalms and Proverbs 
Um, my wife and I like to listen to something called Daily Audio Bible. And it's this wonderful app where the guy reads, and it's, he reads really well. It's not one of those low-quality things, and it's free. And every day he reads from the Old Testament, the New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs. Uh, and in, in a whole year, you go through the whole Bible, and you listen to it for only about 15 minutes. 15 minutes a day, and you listen to the whole Bible in an entire year. Uh, so there are a lot of awesome resources, but you want to start by understanding. So what happens if you're reading along and you don't understand something? What should you do? Yeah, we, we need to try something. So one really simple thing to do, if you don't understand what's being said, try looking in another Bible and reading that same verse or passage. And a different translation may provide a different thought that will help you to understand it. You could also, sometimes our Bibles have comments in the bottom. Um, they're not inspired by God, but, but sometimes those comments can be helpful. I really like the Andrews Study Bible because it has the comments from some of our Adventist scholars here in the bottom. Um, really good, good things to read. Uh, you could also consult commentaries. And after church, I've got some handouts on the greeting table that have a whole bunch of more suggestions that I'm not covering for the sake of time. You can take that, um, and it will, it will have some resources there. I also find that I love writing, reading the writings of Ellen White, and they often inspire um, me with thoughts and understanding on particular passages. So you want to understand what you're reading, because if you're not understanding it, you're not going to get any meaning from it. But if you have a question, just write it down, and you can talk to somebody who may know a little bit more than you, um, and you want to start getting answers to your questions. So have a time, have a place, have a plan, seek understanding, and then next, mark the moment. What do I mean by that? I mean that it's a very good thing to highlight and underline, find ways to remember and mark what you've been reading, what's been meaningful to you. It's really fun when you're able to look back through your Bible and see things that you've highlighted or little comments that you've made. Sometimes Bibles have wider margins so you can write in them. Um, or if you don't want to mark in your Bible, or in addition to that, you can get a journal. I don't journal a whole lot, so this has multiple years of journaling in it. But it is so cool when I can look back and I can see things that were meaningful to me. I put the date on there and I can see something that I was praying about or thinking about or inspired by and I'm able to be inspired by it again. And I remember how God showed me something at that time. So find a way to mark the things that you have uh, been reading through. And it's really encouraging when sometimes God will bring a verse back to you that was encouraging from you from you, uh, to you in the past. Uh, that happened to me one time, and I was like, whoa, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm needing something, and he showed me the same verse, and because I had marked it, I remembered how I was going through the exact same thing one year earlier, and I remember that God got me through it a year ago, and he's going to get me through it for this year. But if you don't mark it, you won't remember it. Finally, be creative. A lot of times when we read the Bible... We do it in, in our minds, and we do it with a monotone voice in our head. And then David went and he... And there's, it's not interesting to ourselves because we're not reading it interesting to ourselves. 
right? So read with expression out loud or in your mind. And not only that, start to use your imagination, which is totally an appropriate thing to do. Imagine, if you're reading through David and Goliath, have you ever stopped to think about how Goliath might have smelled? You know? Or what did he look like? What did his face look? There's nothing wrong with imagining. Uh, we want to stick to the details that God reveals to us, but we can put ourselves in the situation. Or what would David have felt like? Yeah. So by putting yourself in the situation, by using the details God has given us, and by guessing at what some of the other details might have been, it's going to take on a more real feel to us. It's going to become more interesting to us. You know, in your time, if you choose to journal, you can do all sorts of things in your journal. Sometimes I write poems. I write my prayer to God as a poem. And Miss Eva likes to write poems, so she can understand that. One time, I, uh, I drew some comics in here. And this is the benefit of sitting you know, here at the close, because you get to see. It's really poorly drawn. But what I was doing, this was from a long time ago before I met my wife, and I was, I was expressing, um, like, Lord, what are you going to do? And it, anyways, you can, you can look at this later if you're interested. But it was, I had a lot of fun doing this, but through my, my little comic, I was expressing my faith and trust in God, even though I couldn't see how God was going to lead. Right? So you shouldn't make, if you like, if you like drawing or coloring, you could draw your prayers to God. Or you could draw a picture based on the story that you're reading. But you've got to find ways to make it interesting and make it creative. You can write a song for God. You can sing songs as a part of your devotions. In the handout, you'll see a lot more suggestions. Um, but I think the best thing to do is just to try something. If your devotions are, are getting stale, try something new. I found that the things that work for me in the past aren't necessarily what God is needing for me right now. And so it's good to change up what you've been doing. You know, in sports, they say that you, you, uh, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take, right? You miss 100% of the shots that, that you don't take. And then some people who don't like to miss, they say that you don't miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. <laughs> if so, if you're afraid of, of missing shots, they say that, uh, well, I'll explain it to you later. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's confusing. But the point is, if you want to make something, you got to try. And if you want to hear God's voice speaking to you, you're not going to hear it, chances are, unless you're opening yourself up to listen. Day by day, opening up God's word, spending time listening. If you want to hear, you've got to spend time seeking. So hopefully these suggestions are helpful. Hopefully what we're passing out or what will be on the greeting table will be helpful for you. But I want to hear God's voice more than I am currently. How about you? So try something new. Deepen your experience and God will do good things. As we transition into our communion service, uh, in the Adventist church we participate and we welcome open communion, which means that anybody can participate, whether or not you're a member of this church 
but anybody who professes faith in Christ is welcome. Uh, today is a day when we remember the sacrifice of Jesus, but it's also a day when we remember the humility of Jesus. And sometimes we just want the, the sacrifice, but we don't want the humility also. But the humility portion is vitally important also, and that's why in our church we practice the foot washing, as Christ did, humbling himself in front of his disciples um, to wash their feet. So in a moment I'll dismiss you for those who wish to participate. Guys are going to be up here. Ladies will be across in the kindergarten classroom, and couples are going to be in Bellman Hall. After we've been able to participate in in the foot washing, we're going to come back together again and celebrate the Lord's Supper. So let's uh, bow our heads with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to know you better. We want to have a deeper connection with you. And Lord, I pray through the, the symbols we're about to participate in that we'll somehow get a better understanding of what you've done for us and what you encourage us to do for others. Thank you, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless, and we'll be back here in just a few minutes together.